0: Last week, after four hours of meetings with Indigenous delegates from Canada and listening to their stories of suffering, hardship, discrimination and abuse, Pope Francis offered an apology. He said that he felt indignation, sorrow and shame. Then he added, For the deplorable conduct of those members of the Catholic Church, I ask for God's forgiveness and I want to say to you with all my heart, I am very sorry. And I join my brothers, the Canadian bishops, in asking your pardon. The leaders of the delegations said that these words were historic, they were necessary, and that they appreciated them. In the same address, which was witnessed by some 200 delegates in the Sala Clementina of the Apostolic Palace, Pope Francis announced that he would come to Canada and joked that it would not be in the winter, but he did say that he would like to be with them in Canada on the Feast of St. Anne and closed his remarks by saying, until we meet again in Canada, where I will be able better to express to you my closeness. For many indigenous people, the apology is too late. For others, the apology was not necessary, but it is my sense that for most, it was the first step in a long journey of healing between the church and indigenous people. Let's continue to pray for healing and reconciliation as we prepare for the Pope's visit to Canada, perhaps in July this year. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to another all-new Saltonite Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. And sitting here with me is Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, you're all ready for Holy Week?
1: I am. Oh, how can you ever be ready for Holy Week? I'm excited <laughs> to go into Holy Week, I think, contemplating the greatest mystery of our faith and kind of living it through the amazing church liturgies that were offered. Uh, and the amazing readings. Yeah, I guess I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you
0: now I remember last time we spoke, we were just beginning Lent and you were really ready for Lent. So did you have a good Lent?
1: I did. I had an amazing Lent, lots of ups and downs and all arounds, um, but the Lord made himself so present and really good. walked with me. Um, I hope everyone else has had such a beautiful Lent as I've had.
0: Yeah. You know, for me, the big, the big Lenten experience was of course that I was in Rome last week. Um, So it was, it was really all about reconciliation and healing. And those are Lenten themes. So I've sort of took all that as we prepared for the trip to Rome and took all that through last week. And I'm going to carry that into my Holy week next week. Um, Not sure, not quite sure what the reflection is, but it, but, but those themes of healing, reconciliation truth. I mean that that that's very, very Holy Week-ish. I think
1: that is so no, that is so powerful because you know Jesus on the cross, it's his healing love. And yeah. that's really what I've experienced this lent as well. So I think that is wow, what a powerful experience to bring into not just Holy Week, but even through Easter, Deacon Pedro. That's, that's true, huge. that's true. That's I a mean, huge yeah, blessing.
0: It, it it is and I'm still processing, but it was a, a very uh Uh, It was a privilege to be in Rome for this last week. And in fact, we're going to be talking uh, about that later on in the program um, uh, as we explore the significance of that apology and the fact that the Holy Father met with these these three groups. I mean, for over four hours, he had meetings, which is totally unprecedented. But anyway, um, before all that. Uh, we're going to be joined by Ed Clancy of Aid to the Church in Need USA. He's going Great. to return with his segment that's titled Where God Helps. That's going to be in about five minutes. And he's going to talk to, he's going to remind us of something that happened in Sri Lanka three years ago. The anniversary is coming up. And mm-hmm. so even though everybody's thinking about Ukraine right now, we shouldn't forget about other places around the world that are also struggling and need help. So we're today we're going to be talking about Sri Lanka. Um, and then it's your segment, sister.
1: Oh, great! <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward <laughs> to talking about a movie that is kind of going to help us go through this last week of Lent and into Holy Week. It's a it's kind of a Lenten journey movie. I wish I had seen it at the beginning of Lent, but I think it really works for the last week as well.
0: Okay, so that's in about 15 minutes. Windows to the Soul to that special Lenten journey-ish kind of film. That we don't know what it is, but you're going to stick around and find out 15 minutes with Sister Marie Paul. And then, as I said, Sister, um, in the second half hour, we're going to be exploring the significance of the the events from last week. We're going to be speaking with Graydon Nicholas. He is an indigenous man from New Brunswick, deeply Catholic. He is a member of the Knights of Columbus, and he's the former lieutenant governor of New Brunswick. Um, And now he's the chancellor of St. Thomas University in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very accomplished man, um, very Catholic. And of course, because he's indigenous, he's paying attention to what's happening and what was happening last week. So he's going to help us explore uh, the events from last week and and the significance of the apology to the indigenous people. So that's going to be in about 25 minutes. I to- can't
1: wait to hear that. I will be, I will be downloading this episode.
0: <laughs> good, good, as I hope everybody else will. Um, <laughs> at the end of the program, we're going to be reconnecting with Mike Boucher. Um, he's near you, sister, from Massachusetts, uh, oh. Fall River. I believe that's the Diocese of Fall yes. River, right? Just outside Boston. That's um, right. Uh, he's been recording in the last couple of years, the last year or so. And uh, also recently, he's been involved with, with the RetroVi program. Um, Mm -hmm. that is for couples that are struggling for for marriages. And so he's going to be telling us about all that. That's going to be in about 40 minutes at the end of the show. And uh, a reminder to all our listeners, if you're not going to be able to listen to the whole show, you need to do what Sister's going to do and download the podcast. You can get the show wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go to our website and you can listen to the show there at slmedia.org. Okay. So Sister, you ready? It's going to be a good show. This is going um, to be great. Let's start with a song. Here is Mike Boucher with his single, I'm Holding On.
2: Sunshine and bright on the mountaintop. Cool breeze blowing, hoping it never stops. I'm looking at you.
0: Mike Boucher with his single, I'm Holding On, and we're going to be speaking with Mike Boucher at the end of the program, so I hope that you'll still be around for that. And now it's time for Where God Helps with Ed Clancy from Aid to the Church in Need, USA. Ed, welcome back. It's good to see you. Deacon,
3: it's it's always good to see you. Thank you for having me.
0: So you're going to tell us a little bit about an anniversary that's taking place in Sri Lanka this week or next week, next week.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, the 21st. It was uh, 2019 on Easter Sunday that there were bombings in seven locations that targeted primarily Christians, um, yeah. first and foremost, two Catholic churches. Uh, and there was a total of 269 people killed and over 500 people injured. Yeah. So three years ago, and it seems like yesterday in a lot of ways, I think, because, you know, we had the COVID period that's sort of as a fog. Right. But this was right before it. And, uh, you know, we had the good fortune, unfortunate good fortune, of having uh, the one of the priests who was a witness come visit us right after it. Yes. So it was a a very soul-touching experience hearing his Explanation of what happened, the reaction. So,
0: so what has been, uh, what has been happening since? Do uh, I, I suppose there's been some rebuilding? Has there been any um, yeah. more persecutions that have been happening? Tell us more.
3: Well, there's obviously, again mentioning COVID, COVID interrupted things, but there was a, an effort to rebuild and um, mm-hmm. they fixed the churches. And there's an image of a, a statue of of the Sacred Heart of Jesus that was severely damaged. And they encased that and left some of the damage to it as a reminder of what has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's again, a, a reminder for the people there. But for us here, it's important to remember this happened on Easter Sunday, the highest holy day of the Christian calendar. Mm-hmm. And these people were going to Mass in a place where Mass is not, you know, as common as here. Is that easy to do. Uh, it's quite a luxury. And all of these people were killed. And, um, you know, this. the Catholic Church really was hit hard uh, because of it. So we've made an effort at AIDS and Church Needs to support them. Um, some of the priests and nuns, uh, you know, have, have, have had some trauma, you know, post-traumatic stress mm-hmm. as well as the people. And they were caring for the victims. And some of them, the survivors, in a sense, felt worse of all because they saw know two-thirds of their family taken away from them or uh, there was a, a mother who lost her husband uh, and two of her three children and she was saved and you know suffers from it
0: wow yeah can you remind us uh, th- th- if i remember correct i mean i remember this but you're right the last two years of a bit of a fog but there were some 200 people died in the bombings is that correct
3: 269
0: 269
3: yeah 45 45- nationals of foreign uh, people from other countries um, and almost all of them Christian because yes, again they, they were targeted mass. areas right yeah. even though it's in seven locations there were uh, three churches and four hotels right. but they went after the hotels where again foreign Foreigners, visitors and yeah. the more likely Christian visitors
0: And uh, is, and is this the kind of thing I mean that was a major attack it was a terrorist attack is that kind of uh, attack happening often, or is it common in Sri Lanka against Christians? Well,
3: not so much, not to this extent. No, but they do suffer constant persecution, as yeah. some might call soft persecution. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Cardinal Ranjith recently uh, released a statement about the government probe into the uh, the bombings, and he was quite adamant that there was uh, there is the existence of a cover up. That there was evidence beforehand that these bombings would take place and the government did nothing hmm. and uh, now they even wonder is there an effort was there an effort to make it happen within the government and that's that's quite a challenge that's you know if you have a government that's not only apathetic to your existence but mm-hmm. actually goes after you it's very difficult and one of the big problems since the pandemic has been that these frontline people these churches and nuns and priests have been helping the people who are sick and because of the shutdowns have no income from the normal sources so that you have a poor country with even less resources. So we did help them during the pandemic and uh, you know, we look forward to help for them in the future as well.
0: Right. And it is, again, to remind our listeners, it's, it's a minority of Christians in Sri Lanka. What's the percentage of Christians? Do you uh, know?
3: It's under 2%. Yeah.
0: So it's a a small minority and they're probably the ones that are doing, as you said, a lot of the charity work. um, Yes. Extraordinary.
3: They, 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 again, I I often say that they oftentimes work 60 hour days that they do the work of two and a half people each day. And that's what it's like there. It's, but that's, you know, that's the sacrifice that many of these people take on themselves and do it with love. And that's Mm -hmm. the hallmark of the church.
0: Yeah, I think uh, as the world, the world's eyes are focused on u- Ukraine, and um, and of course that's important. That I, I think is important to not forget that there are crises happening in other places. Why would you say Ed that it's important to to remember this anniversary or to commemorate? Well, again,
3: when when these things happen and they fade from from our memory, I think we lose track of how difficult it is to be Christian in other places. Mm. And so for the people in Sri Lanka who are Christian, um, they, are, they are struggling. They're in a very difficult situation. And it, it's made much more difficult when there's no help from the outside. Because as we said, it's such a small minority. And they really need our prayers. They need our, our you know, support. Um, and you know, we could list a whole bunch of countries. We could talk yes. about Africa. We could talk about you know, yeah. Southeast Asia. We can, we can go on and on. And that's why it's when these things come up, it's good to remember that even though there's bad things happening, places like Ukraine, a lot of people that need our help, know we really should be praying globally for their relief and helping and
0: them. And other than prayers, financial help, of course, through Aid to the Church in Need, is there any, anything specific that that Aid to the Church in Need is doing in Sri Lanka right now?
3: Yes, well, we support we support the church as I mentioned earlier that we, we support the church in its efforts to do pastoral work, which is mm-hmm. the simple stuff that we take for granted. But it's being there for the people, mending the lives of some of these families that have survived and still live there, still live with the memory of, you know, what happened to church. And mm-hmm. I would imagine as Easter Sunday closes in,
0: I was going to what say. it might
3: like to be go to church on that day and recall. I was I lost my
0: family. Yes, and not just on Easter, but these are families that stay in Sri Lanka and they continue to go to mass yeah. every Sunday, um, despite the yeah. those memories. Um, Ed, thank you, thank you for that reminder. Actually, I, I did not expect you to be speaking about uh, Sri Lanka uh, because I I was one of those people that had forgotten about that. And three it's years so ago, easy. it's not a long time ago. Three years ago, no. um, So we can, but it is so easy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We continue to pray for the work that you're doing there, for the people in Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. um, the people who suffered from those attacks that that might still be recovering, and for the work that the good uh, Catholics in Sri Lanka are doing to make yeah. things a little better for everyone.
3: Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. Please pray for them.
0: Yes, thank you, Ed. Ed Clancy is the Director of Outreach at Aid to the Church in Need USA. You can find out more about Aid to the Church in Need at their website, churchinneed.org. If you're in Canada, you can look for acn-canada.org. Coming up is Sister Marie Paul Curley with Windows to the Soul, so stay tuned.
4: Hi, I'm
1: Andrea Thomas, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: Salt and Light is now available on Roku and Amazon Fire. You can go to slmedia.org to find out how to subscribe. And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie, Paul Curley. Sister, so I'm I'm very intrigued about this Lenten film that's really not a Lenten film.
1: (laughs) Well, let me ask you, let me start off just to keep the suspense going a little longer. Let me start off by asking, do you like road trip movies? And if you do, do you have a favorite?
4: Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's yes, a tough I do. question, I think. Yes,
1: yes. I do.
0: Um, and you always put me on the spot, and I never know how to answer, but I do I do like road movies, road trip movies, um, and, and I like to call them pilgrimage movies, but they're sort yes. of road trip movies. Um, and I don't know if this is my favorite, but this is certainly near the top, Little Miss Sunshine.
1: <gasps> oh, that's a great road trip movie. I, yes. 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 Yeah, great choice. I'm We're sure I can think of others
0: because I love I love road trip movies. They're, you know, yeah. Yeah, but Little Miss Sunshine is 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 right up there.
1: I am not a fan of road trip oh, movies. Oh,
0: really?
1: Uh well, let me put it this way. It's a genre I don't tend to pick up or I wouldn't be drawn to, but when I hear there's a good one, I always find something in it. Now, <laughs> this is this is kind of a crazy piece of trivia, but we have a sister who loves movies with crazy car chases and i suppose that's kind of a road trip Kind of. <laughs> so but i will i will i will watch a movie and if i see a really great car chase i'll tell you you have to watch this movie watch from around here to here there's a great car chase yeah, in I,
0: I don't i don't know if those two are quite the same but i would think that a road trip so sister a journey movie i mean lord yeah. of the rings is not really a road trip but it is a road trip right
1: Right, right, right. It's a journey movie. This is, this is really the, the movie I wanted to talk about today is called Finch. It's playing, I accessed it through Apple TV plus. I think that's how I'm supposed to call it. It stars Tom Hanks in a truly great performance. It's, he does a great job with this film and it is, uh, I think he, I'm not sure if he got nominated for best best actor because really he's the only real actor on the screen it's a post-apocalyptic film where it's so it's really a survival story uh uh, there's been a solar flare and basically civilization has been destroyed for the most part and he is uh intentionally living kind of off the grid well there is no grid (laughs) but he's living off in an isolated way because He's afraid of people because of, of the violence and the searching for resources. The earth has been, you know, burned. There's there's nothing growing. There's it's dangerous to go outside. The sun is too strong, um, and he discovers at some point a small dog, and uh, adopts this dog. And then they so his main companion is a dog and a little robot. That's how the film opens, and then you discover that he's putting together. A robot that's got more intelligence. He's some kind of robotic engineer, I think, is what you call him. Anyway, and and you realize that he is trying to. At first, you think it's for companionship for him, but he's really trying to provide a companion for his dog, <laughs> which is amazing. Uh, mm. It's a, it's it's so he wants this dog to survive. He's put a lot into his survival and this dog's survival, and so the reason why I found it so compelling was all the steps that he goes through as he's putting together this new robot who acts really like a kid and then like a teenager, because it's kind of learning. Mm -hmm. And um, they make it, of course, very anthropomorphic. It's very endearing, even though it's quite ugly looking and the dog doesn't really like the the robot. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's, there's all these references to making a journey so they have to leave the safe place where they are which he thought he could stay because there's a storm that's going to last for 40 days so he needs Mm to go some i was like they did not just choose 40 days out of the blue that's a very significant term right Yes. so he's literally going to go out into the desert in this desert that it's so Uh, The radiation is so strong that just stepping outside, you get burned, you know, your skin gets burned. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he's in a truck that's protected. So there's the dangers of the desert, there's the dangers of the road. And so he makes a plan, he gathers his resources, he doesn't have much time to prepare. So for the last week, for those of us who Maybe our Lent hasn't been as strong as we've wanted it to be, or maybe you've had a Lent like mine, which has been fantastic in some ways. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, maybe I didn't keep the focus as strong as I wanted to, or I neglected to pay as much attention as I would have liked to, to the Lord's working in my life in these weeks. This is a wonderful, this, this, this movie really takes place over maybe a week or two. It's a very short,
4: short Mm -hmm. journey.
1: And you see all the steps he goes through and he's training this robot and it's making all these mistakes. It has to learn how to talk. It's got to learn how to nod. It's got to learn how to walk in place first, then it's got to learn how to walk forward. Um, It has to learn what it has to do to scavenge for resources. It's just a very powerful film. If you look at it in terms of the spiritual life and the journeys, the, the, the things we wanted to leave behind during Lent to focus on our relationship with God Mm. and the mistakes we make along the way, because I'm not going to tell you how many Lents I've made in my life, but it's a few. (laughs) I've made a lot of Lents and I've always done it intentionally, but I still learn every time is an experience in the desert. And I think the fact that it's a post-apocalyptic earth where the sun is very, very strong, brings to mind this image of the desert. And really it's Mm -hmm. the love that, that Tom Hanks character, whose, whose last name is Finch. That's why it's called Finch. It's the love that this character has for his dog. That's kind of opened him up and enables him to push through these incredible obstacles that he faces. Um, and he even talks about becoming. So there's, I mean, there's lessons on the way, um, which I, I, I just, I don't want to, sh- I don't want to um, reveal too much about the film, but it's kind of fun. And then, you know, lessons that he's teaching this robot. And then he says this, and I thought this was very apropos, not just for a Lenten journey, but also for the time that we're living in, where emotions seem to run very high during public events and with all of the uncertainties in the world around us. So Finch, so the the robot is asking him questions and has kind of made a major mistake that's really impacted their survival chances. And Finch says this, he says, look, things will happen to you, things that you cannot control. Raw emotion will find you when it does, how you deal with it, what you do, will define who you are. And I thought, isn't that a powerful sentence, a powerful piece of advice for our times where emotion runs so very high. Um, and anyway, uh, I we have one week left of Lent, we've got Holy Week, the week that the church gives us to contemplate how much the Lord loves us and invites us to grow in love for the Lord. And this journey that Tom Hanks character takes. And granted, it's not the perfect journey. His love is all showered on a dog. There's no other people. However, it's better than a soccer ball, which I believe was what was in Castaway. (laughs) Um, But this is a man who could give up many times and he doesn't. And could we approach this holy week? And he talks about, he wishes he has done, he did more with the time he had. So he wants to do everything he can with the time he has left. And isn't that true for us this is a very special week for us and i think you know there's there's just some amazing um, parallels to our lenten journey so i recommend it's for thoughtful viewing it's not the fastest moving film because although there's quite a bit of comedy in it uh, the robot is quite endearing um but I, I think it might be something we'd enjoy
0: interesting for it sounds it sounds good um thank you and i i don't again i always i'm amazed i don't know if I would have even thought of any of those things in terms of the spiritual connections. I mean, the 40 days is kind of hitting people over the head, um, but but the spiritual connections. Uh, but now you've opened our eyes. So if I can get to watch it, if it's available wherever I can watch it, I, I think that that would be a good, good film to watch during Holy Week. Um, you said Apple TV or Apple Plus? right so
1: yes yes i think it's apple tv is what they call okay, it but you so know it's it's strange it's a logo so
0: <laughs> no and it's that's what i find most frustrating about films nowadays that you should be able to just go to the theater but you can't always do that it's available on one platform or the other but anyway so if people are uh, able to watch finch uh it comes up with some good reviews there from sister marie paul um as we enter holy week and maybe yeah. Maybe even into Easter. I'm not sure.
1: Maybe even yes, yes. It it's not exactly an Easter movie, but it could work. It could work. There's a lot of symbolism there at the end. <laughs>
0: All right. Okay. Good. Thank you, Sister Marie Paul. So the film is called Finch. Um, Sister Marie Paul is with the congregation of the Daughters of Saint Paul, and you can read her blog at windows to the soul.wordpress.com, and you can also follow her at Sister M. Coming up in our second half hour, a featured chat with Graydon Nicholas on the Pope's apology to Indigenous people, and we reconnect with singer-songwriter Mike Boucher, so don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Last week was a historic week for the Indigenous people of Canada. After four hours of meetings with Indigenous delegates from the three main organizations representing the Inuit, the Métis, and the First Nations, Pope Francis offered an apology for the deplorable conduct of members of the Catholic Church that wounded Indigenous children, for the abuse they suffered, and for the lack of respect shown for their identity, their culture, and their spiritual values. To help us explore the significance of this apology, I am now joined by Graydon Nicholas. He's the former Lieutenant Governor of New Brunswick and is now the Chancellor of St. Thomas University in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Graydon, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you for being with us today.
4: It's great to be here.
0: Now, I didn't say in the introduction, but you are Indigenous. Um, you are also Catholic. So what was going through your mind all last week?
4: Well, first of all, I guess it was a great week uh, and I was uh as I listened to news releases, first of all, of the Inuit who first met and then the Métis and ultimately the representative of First Nations with Pope uh, Francis, and then I said, well, I wonder what's going to happen on Friday. And uh, so that's what I was concentrating on and praying a lot for a good results. And, uh, and uh, I think many people are happy with this. Some aren't happy with it. And many are saying it did not go far enough. So...
0: So um, we did get the apology. I think that that's what everybody was thinking throughout the week as well. Will, will there be an apology? Um, what did you think? Was it enough? Was it not enough? Was it the right words?
4: Well, first of all, I think before I answer that question fully, Peter, you know, first of all, th- there are beautiful statements that are included in the Pope's speech. Number one, he refers to the elders mm-hmm. and the significance of the role that elders play which would involve, of course, the seven generations in our particular uh, mindset, that we have to think that far ahead yeah. because six, six generations ago, our leaders thought of us. So I think that is what is crucial. And, of course, within the particular uh, of advice and, and the wisdom of our elders is to bring in our spiritual values, our spirituality. And I think the Pope has recognized the significance of that, And Mm -hmm. the damage that resulted when residential schools, in fact, were created uh, by the federal government, along with the Christian churches. And in particular, our case, in our case, the Catholic faith, Mm -hmm. he also referred to the earth a lot. And, you know, this statement of referring to the earth as land that should be protected echoes what he said in Bolivia in 2015. Mm -hmm. When I read that statement, he said Mother Earth at least six times. So he knows the concept of indigenous people then with respect to land and that all that comes from the land has to be sort of like a stewardship and and protection of it. Thirdly, of course, he also talks about the uh, the significance of uh, trying the woundedness that was there, Mm. uh, the harm that was done. And I think when he heard the voices and saw the indigenous representatives there, struggling even with what they were saying the pain it had caused intergenerationally and he recognizes the inter- intergenerational damage that has been done so all those things are in there uh, so i as i said it's a good start he expressed sorrow he asked for forgiveness uh, in particular for the ones who were um, uh, the ones who, like he says the ones who were the educators yeah he just talks about the priests and the nuns who were affiliated with the residential schools And so I, and but the other thing is, is all this that happened to indigenous children, communities is contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I think that is where you begin and to say, Mm -hmm. okay, what in fact were the teachings of Jesus? I think we're forgetting a lot of the biblical references that are that I see within this statement. And so it's a beginning, but Mm -hmm. also I think the Pope didn't quite refer to the damage in terms of the papal uh, bulls that existed before Europeans came to North American soil Mm -hmm. and then secondly how uh, a Pope of the day could actually divide the world for the benefit of the the, uh, uh, Spaniards and the Portuguese, Um, that was mighty generous of the Pope to do that, Mm -hmm. but you know for us our it's our creator who gave us this land as a gift but what's interesting a lot of people are saying well the pope didn't say enough to say uh, condemn the papal bulls mm-hmm. the earlier ones actually were uh, repealed by the pope paul the of the day in 1537 and a lot of believe me a lot of catholics bishops priests probably even cardinals don't even know what that document said uh, mm-hmm. but it's it's important i think to realize that and and i think he's talking about specific actions that will take place from here on in within the church and within our indigenous communities our first our indigenous communities i should say which include the inuit you know as well as the first nations right and the church and i think that's path of reconciliation is still going to be long but mm-hmm. it's it's a start it's a first step uh uh, like the Chinese proverb says, a journey begins with the first step. Yeah. And so I think that is what's important, uh, the way I see it. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and I, if I can just add another thing before I go. Yeah, to you for sure. He also referred to the grandmother. In this yeah. case, St. Anne was a grandmother, of course, of Jesus. And in the East Coast here, in the early uh, evangelization that occurred, there was great stress about St. Dan de Beaupre because the early missionaries realized that the Mi'kmaq and the willis people and the Pasapakwadi people had great reference for the grandmother and that the grandmother plays a very vital role. So this is how then they brought it in. And he brings that in as well. Mm -hmm. So it's a reminder of what uh, was said by Pope John Paul II in September of 1984, when in fact he visited the shrine of our St. Dan de Beaupre and met with Indigenous leaders there. So in me, he brings this in. The other thing I think is because he says the message is contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ, Pope John Paul II in 1984 uh, said that Christ in his own body was Indian. In this Mm -hmm. case, we'd have to say Indigenous now to include the other people. So that fundamental doctrine of the the Catholic faith that you and I are part of, Is important for our people. And Pope John Paul II also reaffirmed the the document that Pope Paul III issued in 1537. So I'm hoping that in the future when he comes here, he in fact is reminded of these earlier statements of Pope John Paul II and then build on it. That, Mm. That I think is what's crucial. Uh,
0: in my opinion, anyway, so uh, no, absolutely. And, and you're right. I think we focus too much on, on the words of apology and not look at the full document, uh, which people can find on our website, somedia.org. Um, he has said that he's coming to Canada, you mentioned the importance of the land. Why is it so important that the apology needs to take place on Canadian soil on indigenous land here?
4: Because this is where the harm took place. This mm-hmm. is where the hurt took place. This is where uh, what I call evangelization went amok. In other words, the, the priests, the nuns, and all the other people who were involved with residential schools forgot what the early message of Jesus Christ was. When you look at the Acts of the Apostle, I mean, I look at this chapter 10, which says Christ is for everybody. Yeah. So he Christ would have been for us as well. And, you know, one of the things in the East Coast here, Pedro, that they said is when they came to explain and they had to, in fact, convince the Mi'kmaq and the Willis we become Catholic, they said the words they use is, when did Christ become indigenized? When did he become an Indian? But well, we're talking about incarnation, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. So when did Jesus become one of us? So that is how they culturally connected then. Now, why subsequent uh, religious leaders in, in the ecclesial part of our church, as well as the nuns, where that message was forgotten, it was, it, it's sad, it's terrible, really. Yeah. So I, you have to remind them, and whenever I meet with church leaders, believe me, I tell them that there were errors made, and it's nice to be remorseful, but how are the new seminarians, how are new convents teaching their followers of this of this gospel of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and so I think this is uh, you know the Jewish people talk about atonement right? Mm-hmm. Okay, how about our people? What is our atonement? yeah that that has to be expressed by the by the Pope and the Pope does speak for the church and uh, a lot of Catholics may not like what he said but that's really because they don't understand the history of this.
0: That's part of that education that I think you've, I've heard you mention before, and I think it's <laughs> we need to open our eyes and start opening our hearts and learning about that history as well as we begin this journey. One last question. What do you think you're going to be doing on the Feast of St. Anne July this year?
4: Well, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, actually, interestingly enough, Indigenous Sunday is celebrated on the last Sunday of the month of June. Indigenous people gather at Shrine of St. Anne de Beaupre from the East Coast, the Mi'kmaq, Willis, the Week, past Maquoddy, as well as the Indigenous people in Quebec, Eastern Ontario, and in New England states. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm hoping to be. Good. And uh, if, I'm not sure if where, well, we're not sure yet, I guess, where what the Pope's itinerary maybe is. The,
0: maybe the Pope will join you there on that date.
4: Well, if he does, I'll be his altar boy.
0: I'll make sure he knows that
4: I'm glad you're doing this because I think there are a lot of our people who are hurting across this country and it's intergenerational. And I see that every day. And it's sad to see many of our Catholic indigenous people not going to church anymore. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's a lot that has to be done and it won't be done just with the one visit There has to be then in place a journey together as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ to say, okay, how do we, it reminds me of the Emmaus walk. If you remember what happened after the resurrection, well, these people are walking, they're in sorrow, pain, they don't know what happened. But then Jesus comes in their midst and teaches them and reminds them of of who he is.
0: Mm -hmm. And walks with them. Yeah. and
4: walks with them yeah. and then it's only at the breaking of bread that they recognize them yeah. and then they turn right around and walk back to
0: to uh, where it happened to work know? yeah great and thank you so much for sharing your your thoughts with us today and for all the work that you have done and i know the work that you're going to continue doing as we as we journey together as brothers and sisters as you said thank you
4: oh you're welcome and wish everybody well
0: Graydon Nicholas is the former Lieutenant Governor of New Brunswick. He's the Chancellor of St. Thomas University in Fredericton, New Brunswick. And he is one of the many Indigenous voices that we're featuring throughout the year on the Saltonite Hour. You can listen to the others at SLMedia.org slash podcast. Here now is Mike Boucher with his single, Set Me Free.
2: Know who you are before I was made, my debt had been paid. Let me free
0: That was Mike Boucher with his single, Set Me Free. Now, we first met Mike Boucher in November 2020 and learned that he's been doing music for almost 20 years now. Mike and his band play everywhere from backyard barbecues to massive events. Recently, Mike has been connected with the Retrovi program, providing music for their weekends, and he has been recording some of his songs, so it's a good excuse to get him back on the show. Mike, so good to see you, my brother. Welcome back to the Night Hour.
5: Thank you, Nico Pedro. It's great to be here with you.
0: So uh, I I know that the last couple of years have been really tough on musicians. Um, What was it like for you?
5: Uh, Desolate and (sighs) um, (laughs) (laughs) uninspirational. So there was a part of me that just sort of spiraled into a sort of a deep depression uh, just because there was no music anywhere here in in Boston. So... um, but it forced me to look back inside and say, okay, I have these songs that I've written and I really need to go forward with getting them out because they're doing no good sitting in my computer. Mm -hmm. Um, So we just, i made a conscious attempt to get with the right people and uh, we spent most of 2020 and 2021 in the studio putting together all of these tracks and um, making them sound great.
0: Yeah. And they do sound great. Uh, um, I want to go back to what you said about just sort of being desolate and you you had these songs already written. So, so it was not a time for you that that felt creative that new music or new songs were coming out.
5: Um, There's always times for new songs as you're always uh, getting inspiration from different places, but with so much pressure and so much stress, I think it, it really kind of took a lot out of me as far as being able to be creative. And it wasn't until I forced myself to look at uh, some creative outlets. Like one way was our pastor allowed me to use the basement of the church as long as I was alone. Mm -hmm. And I did live streams of just music so that I could still connect with people through, um, the internet right and so uh it was fun you know it, it it got me through that time where i just wasn't performing in front of people so that was great uh love that and then i started thinking about uh the album i started thinking about the songs and i think you know i i don't know any artists who won't tell you that are a little bit apprehensive about getting their art out because you know you face criticism and mm-hmm. uh, maybe they maybe somebody won't like it or so, and for me, this is my first time going through this. So I was really apprehensive about kind of going forward. And since I had the professional music career and I was doing covers and working in bars and restaurants, I didn't really have to sort I didn't have to address that at all. Mm-hmm. And, and I just put those songs away and said, yeah, I'll get to it someday. Well, then when all of the, when all the COVID happened and, and everything shut down, it really forced me to look at that and said, you know what? I, I need to get those songs out there. I need to get that work out there. Uh, and and it forced me to kind of take a look at it and say, yes, um, I got to get into the studio with my friends and we've got we've to get this music out.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, something else that happened for you is that you got connected with or involved with the Retrovai uh, program. Can you tell us a bit about that?
5: Sure. Uh, about 2019, 2020. Uh, My wife and I had just got to a point where we were about a thousand miles apart and uh, we were looking at getting a divorce and, you know, we, we both have very deep faith and we started to look around at other options besides going down that direction. Mm -hmm. And a good friend of mine had gone through the retrovite program and he suggested it. So uh, we signed up and we're on uh, our weekend in 2020 during COVID. Yeah. And it was weird because in a typical retreat, everybody's on site, but in this particular retreat, some are on site and some are on video. So that was kind of weird to get through that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we had to wear masks all the time. So it was, uh, it was definitely different. But one of the things that the retrofit community really liked was that I was a musician and you know, sometimes music gets in the way of relationship. So um, I've always, you know, when it, when the when I was trying to go through the process of getting into this retreat, I really wanted to just to be Mara and I, and working mm-hmm. on that, uh, working on the relationship and, and uh, learning about the retrovite process. And I didn't want to have anything to do with music. And she suggested it while we were on our weekend. She's like, you should volunteer time to do, uh, mass. And I did, and they liked it so much. They decided to invite me back for the next weekend and next weekend. And now, uh, for Retrovide new England, I'm their, um, music director. So Mm -hmm. now I've just signed on to every single retreat. And instead of doing what they were for, they were just doing, uh, uh, recorded music. Um, now I do the live versions of the music for the retreat and I'll do all the mass, uh, the mass parts for uh, for mass and right. uh, and then any of the supportive music that goes with the retreat.
0: That's wonderful because I, I I do know these weekends are just not the same with recorded music. What a difference it makes! But I know that they can't always afford to have a, a, a live musician. Um, I'm a big fan of Retrovai. When you told me about it, I thought we we need to tell people. There's so many people that that are hurting in their marriages, um, and they don't know this wonderful program. This, I think is one of the best kept secrets of the church. Um, uh, can I ask you how things are with you and Mora now?
5: Um, things are getting better. Um, but we don't see divorce as the answer anymore. Uh, and we see, and now I'm only speaking for myself, not for, for her, but I see a future yeah. and she sees a future because that's what she's told me. So, uh, but but it's work. I and mean, just like any other relationship, it takes a lot of work. But mm-hmm. the tools of retrovi are very much uh, communication based. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you need to do every day is you need to write. Um, and it's usually a question. And they they call it 10 and 10. So uh, 10 minutes of writing, answering the question, and then 10 minutes of dialogue on that particular question. And it just gets you in the right frame of mind to address your spouse's feelings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, feelings are never wrong. That's one of uh, the, the terms that we learn at Retrovi. Feelings are never wrong. So, when you can start where feelings are never wrong, you can really address more of the deeper issues that go with those feelings. If you know how your spouse feels about something and you can acknowledge that feeling. It certainly lifts up your spouse and then it gives you a nice, nice stable platform to work on the rest of the, the issue.
0: Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Um, uh, so I do recommend it. I mean, I, I, I know I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I think about 99.9% of couples that I know that have gone through Retrovi, it's, it's saved their marriage. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm very happy that, uh, that uh, you were able to participate in, and that you're involved with them now. Um, so maybe there's a song in there—a song about helping helping marriages, or or, or the Retrovi theme song, maybe.
5: <laughs> well, it's it's definitely in the work. One of the things that I, uh, when they asked me to come on board uh, for Retrovi New England and provide this music, um, I write with a fellow who's in Indiana. His name is Adam Trudell. And uh, he's my best friend and co-writer on a bunch of my songs. At least two of the songs I gave you, uh, he co-wrote. Mm-hmm. And um, he and I were talking about my, ex- my experience at Retroviant. And I said, you know, I really do want to write a song. I think there's some great songs that are already in the Retroviant program. Um mm-hmm. But I think that I that's that's kind of I think I want to put my spin on it and see what I can come up with. So that's the next thing. And the pipeline is uh, oh, good to try to see if you can write a good, good song. Good. And
0: good. at least
5: get people understand. I mean, that's some of the things that we struggle with on the retreat side of things is, you know, you see struggling marriages all the time and just people don't know about the program.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
5: you know, we struggle with trying to get the information and the idea of what this program does out to people
0: right
5: so hopefully this is going to work
0: hopefully it'll, it'll work um absolutely mike thank you thank you for sharing that i, I know it's not easy sometimes to share uh really personal uh, things with others, but thank you. And, and, uh, and thank you for your music. And I'm really looking forward to, to some of the retrovi music because, uh, th- that would be good music and also important messages to share with others. So, uh, thank you for what you do, Mike, and, and thanks for being with us today.
5: Thank you, Deacon Pedro. It's a pleasure being with you and, uh, I hope you continue with success in your ministry work.
0: Thank you. Um, you can learn more about Mike Boucher and book him for your event at his website, musicalmike.net. And you can learn more about Retrovi at their website, helpourmarriage.org. And if you want to listen to this interview again or to hear the rest of the program, go to slash podcast. Here now to take us out is Mike Boucher with his single, Adoration.
2: Come to see us. Soul by light in the darkness, Jesus Christ is overcome When your rose now straight and narrow, steep with danger, toils and stairs.
0: Listening to Mike Boucher with his single adoration, and that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can listen to the Salton Light Hour Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, but you can also listen to every single Salton Light Hour program that has ever been made at our website, SLMedia.org podcast. And you can find me, Deacon Pedro, on your social media, and you can email me pedro at eslmedia.org. Next week, we'll be joined by all our contributors for our Easter special. I hope that you can join us. Thank you for being with us today. Continue to pray for each other and take care of each other. And have a most blessed Holy Week. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.